I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. We're going to bring in our next guest. He's the 55th governor of the state of New York, and he happens to be the first black governor in the state of New York, and he's an all-around great guy. He's a colleague of ours. He he appears at 5 o'clock with Mr. Katz on 77 WABC. Uh, David Patterson, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. I want to thank uh, Mr. Katz and Margot Katzmatidis for taking this time out to celebrate uh, Black History Month. And for you and uh, and Sid for doing the same thing, uh, I just want to point out that the original Black History celebration was called Negro History Week and began in 1926 when a black publisher named Carter G. Woodson set that week aside for two reasons. One was to educate younger people as to the contributions of African-Americans as this country has developed. And the other was to educate adults on the fact that almost every issue involving the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, and the history of, uh, of, of the United States in general has always centered around how to address the issue that uh, blacks were um, in the country. And the reason uh, the week that he chose was because Frederick Douglass was born February 14th, 1818, and died February 20th, 1995. So he took that week, and that eventually became uh, Black History Month. Very interesting. And as a matter of fact, though, uh, I think it was Ronald Reagan, was it not – Governor Patterson, who extended the week uh, to a month, uh, Black History Month? Black History Month. I thought maybe because he also wanted to include his birthday, which is February 6th. (laughs) That's right. Uh Very good. Ronald Reagan was born on February 6th. That's right. I have to tell you, last time you were on the show, David, was MLK Day. Bernie was out that day, but it was me and Curtis. And um, we hosted that morning, and and you came on, and you you were brilliant. You're always brilliant. Uh, But you gave us so much information about MLK that day that— no one really knew, and we already mentioned his name earlier in today's program, Bernard did, actually. And we were talking with John Katz and Matides about the progress we've made and how far we've come and all of the great contributions the African-American community has made uh, to us here. You tell us, Governor David Patterson, have we come as far as me and Bernie say we have, or is there still a lot more work to do? Well, I I heard the conversation with uh, Mr. Katz and Matides, and... One of the reasons that Martin Luther King held the march on Washington in 1963, which was was because he wanted to celebrate the achievements that they had already made after the Supreme Court decision in uh, 1955, which uh, uh, held that separate but equal was no longer allowed in this country. And so those leaders, if you notice, they always came to the rallies dressed up very nicely They were always polite, even when they got pushed around, when they did march from uh, Montgomery to Selma, even when they got beaten up uh, on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. 
And this idea of of fighting discrimination with anger has had a role, but a much smaller role than it's ever really uh, given credit for. So in other words, like right now, there's this whole issue about um, the uh, what do you, <laughs> I've actually forgotten what we call it, that this new thing about education, critical race, critical race theory, CRT, critical race theory. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing about it is not that many people support it. It's really not going anywhere, but it gets talked about a lot. And it's the most inane, inept idea at this particular point. Because what it would be doing is erasing uh, the true history and replacing it with an interpretation. So, obviously, we don't need it. Now, here's the problem. We still have critical race theory going on in this country from before. There are 27 counties in the state of Texas who teach that some Africans were recruited to come over to help with chores on the farm. I don't think that's exactly what was going on at that particular hmm. time. Uh, no. uh, and Texas, Texas is one of 13 southern states that, uh, that teach in their history books that the Civil War was a battle between the North and South over states' rights. They don't even mention slavery. So this is critical race theory in old-fashioned way going on right now. And instead of getting rid of that, some people are so angry that they now want to turn it around. And in other words, and give everyone a taste of their own medicine. We'll never get anywhere as a people treating each other that way. No, and of course, uh, a critical race theory divides people. It divides people on the basis of their skin color, which is antithetical to everything Martin Luther King stood for. And that's why it's so poisonous. Uh, Governor David Patterson on the Bernie and Sid Show as we celebrate Black History Month, Black History Day here on 77 WABC. Uh, Governor Patterson, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the uh, Vladimir Putin stole our thunder, a Black History Month thunder today because he's clearly a racist himself by invading uh, the Ukraine. And uh, I would ask you this question. You're a common sense Democrat. You've already displayed that this morning uh, amazingly, uh, and that's why we love you. Uh, but uh, my question to you is this. Uh, Putin invaded the Crimea in 2014 during the Obama administration. And now, seven years later, fast forward, he's invading Ukraine in 2021, 2022. Excuse me. Uh, actually, that would be eight years later. Uh, my question to you is, uh, and Chuck Todd asked this of Anthony Blinken on Meet the Press. Why do you think Putin waited till now to make this move and uh, didn't do it earlier? I think he waited for a period of time where he thought he'd get the least resistance. Uh, I remember in the debates, and you know, obviously I am a Democrat. I supported uh, Joe Biden for president. Oh. But I remember in one of the debates with Trump, and, and they were talking about these sanctions, and uh, Biden said something like, China's going to have to live up to the, uh, to, uh, the, the treaties that they've signed. China has never lived up to the treaties they've signed, and neither has Russia. That listener who wrote in a little while ago saying that they've replaced uh, Germany and Japan as the ma major enemies of the United States, I think one of the biggest problems in this country is that we haven't recognized that. And although they have these groups, I went to dinner the other night uh, recognizing the relationship between China and the United States, but I almost felt guilty for being there because at no point in the dinner did they talk about the fact that the Chinese are really moving toward 
what a very small percentage of the uh, population who are the communist Chinese want, which is full world domination. Even the Russians are afraid of them. So my view is that Putin waited for a time, and I thought he would invade uh, yeah. uh, Kiev, uh, Kiev, and I thought he would invade that whole area, because, in my opinion, he knows that the issue on the table that the United States left on the table was the fact that the Ukraine might actually uh, j- uh, join NATO. But everyone knew that Ukraine will never join NATO, but we never took it off the discussion right. in the negotiations. So, in, in other words, I'm not saying that it's our fault that the war started because we didn't attack anybody. But what I am saying that I think we lost the negotiation and now that has led to the violence. Uh, listen, Dave, I love you. I love you. You know how much I love you, right? And I know I think you love me too. You love Bernie too. But there's no sure I do. And, and you're and you're a brilliant man and you just laid out a bunch of very important facts. But come on. You just gave us like a three minute answer and never said the word Trump. It's a very simple answer. When Donald Trump was president, none of this stuff happened, and it wouldn't happen if you won again. There's your answer. Forget about the rest of the stuff you just laid out. If Donald Trump was still president, you can bet your ass, David Patterson, this never would have happened last night. I promise you. Well, Donald, Donald Trump had a pretty good relationship with, the, uh, with Putin. He was able to keep him from uh, some of the activities he's, he's involving now. And I think the way he did it also goes back to uh, President John F. Kennedy and President Ronald Reagan, who they didn't— uh, they didn't react to the situation. Uh, they challenged the communists on, in both situations to uh, to uh, to, uh, to attack them. And I think that was a better policy than what we saw right now. Uh, if Joe Biden took away our energy independence, which uh, former President Trump uh, enable us to have, uh, you know, because of the pipelines and the uh, drilling and the, the, the ramped up uh, progression of the energy sector under him. And also he strengthened NATO by making them pay their fair share, strengthening NATO big time. So uh, Putin knew that it wasn't a good time to do it under Trump. And and now you have uh, Joe Biden, who, who again, uh, he re- really strengthened Russia by taking away our own energy independence and allowing you know, that pipeline to go forward, and so in enriching uh, uh, Russia, allowing them to finance this uh, this incursion into the Ukraine, I think that's partially the answer. That we have a weak, feeble uh, commander in chief, and that that I guess that's the upshot of, of the answer that we were looking for. Essentially, we talk about this country being on the uh, on the gold standard. I think we're actually on the oil oil standard. Whenever the prices of oil go way up. We seem each time to have other calamities accompany it. So anything that triggered that, uh, and that's what happened when the president uh, shut down the pipeline, that was the catalyst for a lot of what we're seeing right now. No, there's no question. So let's get to the governor race, because, again, you were a a proud governor and a great one here in uh, New York, David. And, of course, Kathy Hochul is the governor right now. She wasn't elected. She took over for a disgraced Andrew Cuomo. Now we've got a bunch of guys on the right, whether it's Zeldin or Giuliani or Astorino or maybe Governor Pataki, Harry Wilson. All these names are uh, are jumping into this. Uh, You probably can tell, Dave, because you listen, I know, every morning that me and Bernie are not huge fans 
of Kathy Hochul. You do a great job predicting football games with us on Fridays. Can you right now handicap the governor's race, even though it comes up next November? Well, one of the problems that Governor Hochul has right now is that her approval rate is 46 percent. It's going to have to get better than that before uh, I can comfortably say that she'll get reelected. Well, let me ask you this. Why why do you think it's that low? What What do you think is the major rub that it's that low? I think that in spite of the fact that she's made a number of decisions very quickly, she is an impatient governor. And I say that in a uh, complimenting her that when things happen, she reacts to them, whether you agree with her or you don't. And I actually like elected officials like that. They don't sit around, uh, you know, waiting for the wind to blow in whatever direction that they want. But what I would say is I don't think right now, if you look at the voting patterns, there are twice as many state senators uh, that are Democrat or, that are Republicans, and there are twice as many assembly members that are Democrat than Republicans. So turning the whole race around so someone like Lee Zeldin, who I think is the most poised and the most effective and actually the most professional wow. of all of the Republican candidates who want to run against Hochul, it would be very hard for all of that to turn around unless – uh, Hochul took some extreme positions that I don't think she's going to take. Now, when you take the extreme positions like Todd Kaminsky did, uh, you're going to get the reaction where uh, he lost by 20 points in the DA's race in Nassau County. And he also took down the county executive, Laura Curran, who I think most people thought was a good county executive, replaced by a person who's really been dynamic in his first month, uh, Bruce Blakeman. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. And to that point, uh, on the way out, Governor Patterson, as we celebrate Black History Month, Black History Day on 77 WABC and the Bernie and Sid Show, uh, Governor Patterson, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Kathy Hochul is not for reforming that Todd Kaminsky law, the mastermind, quit politics. She's not for reforming it, and maybe that contributes to her low approval ratings. But quickly, uh, 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 Eric Adams is the media darling. He's got a lot of attention. People listen to him. He could forcefully call out Carl Heasty, Andrea Stewart-Cousins. They're getting a, a, a lot of people killed, particularly in the minority community, by not putting this up for a vote in the state legislature, this uh, no-cash-bail law. And Eric Adams, do you think he's forceful enough to try to get this law reformed? Because that is what uh, the, the, the underlying basis for the crimes that are being committed, again, killing people mostly in the black and Latino communities. Well, he took the initiative to go up to Albany and try to meet with them, and they wouldn't even basically allow him in the room. But let me just say this. In the end, and politically, Eric Adams can wait. He can wait until after this election. And if they don't change their tune, I predict that the Senate and Assembly added up will lose 20 seats in the 2022 election. I don't think uh, Democrats will lose the governor's race, but I do think – will lose a lot of seats. And when they do, Eric won't have to leave his office. They will be <laughs> at his doorstep pleading for mercy. Oh, one wow. last thing about Black History Month. I really was happy that the NFL talked about the first black players in the NFL. The NFL was not always segregated. They segregated it in the 30s, yep. but then changed it back in the early 40s, True. and there were four black players that they honored. But the player most thought to have been, who would have been the first uh, NFL black football player Sid was who? 
the player most thought to be the first NFL black player was who? Uh, not Satchel Page. No, uh, you got me, Dave. I don't know who was it. It was Jackie Robinson. Oh, true. Chose to go, yes. He chose to go and play baseball yes. because wow. baseball was the national pastime and far more popular than football. True. And baseball is going to be less uh, popular than um, than uh, the luge if they don't settle the strike right away. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, you're such a great guest. About 30 seconds to go. Pataki is talking about running for governor again. Will there be a return to politics for David Patterson? Pataki. Uh Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to the inauguration of the next governor next year. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be it. Hey, you're a terrific guest, uh, and really a great guest every time you're on. Thank you so much for joining me and Bernard. We love having Thank you, you Pat. Bernie, great to hear you back. Uh, you're so kind, uh, Governor Patterson. I, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And thanks for appearing, and happy uh, Black History uh, Day on here on 77 WABC. Thank you, sir. Thank Take you. care. All right, David Patterson. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.